Did you know 663 million people live without clean drinking water every day? That's nearly one in 10. Let me tell you about my friends at FNX. FNX can solve all your health, nutrition, and supplement needs because they are first class in making their products so you can be at your best. Whether you're a CrossFit freak, bodybuilder, or just mom and dad making it a point twice per week, FNX will elevate your game. I have been using FNX and I feel and see the difference. The protein, delicious. My workouts, way more intense. And my energy, there all day. Try it for yourself. Visit fnxfit.com. Use code 4C15. That's 4C15 for 15% off each order. What's more, every time you make a purchase, a child in need receives one gallon of clean drinking water. FNX has donated over 100,000 gallons of clean drinking water. Make your mark today. What is going on, everybody? Pete Forsey, the podcast, back at it for another week. We are through seven weeks of the NFL season. Got a lot to talk about. Off the top here, topic that you're probably not anticipating. Going to talk about a big situation that's looming come the end of the year, and this owner of this franchise better get it right. We're, of course, going to talk about the Chiefs. They continue their spiral. Patrick Mahomes, there's been a glaring obvious vulnerability that he's had for several years now since he entered the league it's become apparent and I talked about it a few years ago we'll hit on that again Mike Tomlin to USC Carson Palmer dropping a news bomb Uh, on the Dan Patrick show we're going to talk if Tomlin should go to the Trojans out in Los Angeles and then Ali Marmol hired as the St. Louis Cardinals manager got some big thoughts on that on what the move says and how it affects Mazalok's day-to-day we will touch on that. And then, of course, Deshaun Watson, I can't ignore it anymore, have stayed away from this. But at this point in time, when the Dolphins, Panthers, and Eagles are all heavily rumored to be trading for him before the deadline here on November 2, got to talk about Deshaun. So it's episode 59 of the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Off the top here, definitely want to hit on the Cincinnati Bengals. Holy smokes, it's time to actually take them as a for real threat in the AFC. I'm not going to say they're a favorite. Not going to say they're going to be uh, taking the division as far as in the North Baltimore. Really think that this was a matchup that did not bode well for Baltimore. Um, I know a lot of people thought that as well. Ultimately, a lot of people were taking the Ravens. I said, nope, really like the Bengals in this one. I thought they would win by, I think it was seven Pete's picks every day or every week rather on Twitter. At Pete4C, you can find my picks. I pick every NFL game. Uh, Do not look at the spread. I don't look at the over-unders. I don't look at anything of the gambling. This is just me. What I think, based off matchups, what I know about the teams, I pick it from my gut, uh, whatever intelligence that I may have, which isn't a lot, but I put out my scores every week on Twitter, Thursday night game, Monday night game. I'll be giving you the Hawks and Saints game later here on Monday. But I said that the Bengals were going to win. I thought it was a good matchup. Ravens. I think they were 25th against the pass heading into Sunday, and they just got torched. I mean, 41 points, a 40-burger for the Bengals. And, you know, the Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow connection, electric. Electric 
early on, and you typically don't see that with receivers. I know when we're talking about receivers in the first round, even those guys, they don't translate all that fast. Like, think about Enkeel Harry over at the Patriots. Still not even getting going. It's been three years now, or we're into his third season. And you look at even some busts, Coleman, Corey Coleman with the Browns back in 2016. Uh, John Ross, even on this Bengals team, taking ninth overall. A lot of wide receivers, not only does it take time to translate, a lot of times it doesn't happen. These college receivers come out and, and you know, they're so used to just running a couple of routes and going against defensive backs that are just slower and inferior athletes that, you know, they, they look really good coming out on tape. Jamar Chase, for all that was going on over the offseason, you know, Panay Sewell, he was the other name that probably would have been taken um, if the Bengals had the uh, you know choice to do it uh, a different way. But they really like Jamar Chase based off uh, you know the Joe Burrow connection, LSU, and then he had uh, prior to the season he was dropping passes in preseason. He said, "Oh, well, you know, I really don't know what else I can do." And you thought at the time, you know, that's right. He really doesn't have any receivers who are seasoned over there in that Bengals team that he can turn to, um, you know, like an AJ Green, for instance. And kind of learn the receiver position. So you thought, you know, this is going to get off to a disaster start probably in Cincy. And you got a coach in Zach Taylor who coming into 2021, he didn't have a whole lot, you know, proven. But here we are. And it's it's heading into week eight. And this guy is lighting the world on fire. And when I look at him run and I look at connection uh, with Joe Burrow, I, I mean, I'm all in on this. I, I really am. This is electric. And this is going to be a... Go-to combination, much like Brady and Gronk. Not saying they're going to be as productive, but I'm just saying from a reliability standpoint, we're going to be watching this for years. And, you know, I was pounding the table. Panay Sewell, take the offensive line, and this looks like a finished product, you know, finished product as it gets in college from an offensive lineman standpoint. But, you know, th- this is an equally as good pick, and I didn't see it coming. Really did not. A year off for football or a year off from football for Jamar Chase and he hasn't even missed a beat. Here is the big thing with the Bengals because right now it's great. You know, they're they're going to be a threat in the AFC and a legitimate team, maybe make the wild card. Don't think they're going to take the division. Might not even make the playoffs, but right now my owner Mike Brown, he's got a decision to make. Do you keep Zach Taylor? Do you think this is for real? Is this the making of Zach Taylor and what he brings offensively and as a head coach overall? I tend to think not. I really don't because this is a you know this is a matter of talent and skill translating to the NFL game. I I don't think necessarily Zach Taylor taught him anything uh, riveting or unearthing that another NFL coach would bring to the table. And when you talk about you know the division that you have to go through, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, they're always going to be a threat. That's as well run of a program as you have out there. Pittsburgh Steelers, which we're going to talk about Mike Tomlin and his future. I think he's going to be a Steeler. Um, and, and, you know, you're always going to have to go through a Mike Tomlin well-coached team year after year. And Baker, Browns, you know, they're getting their mojo going. We don't know if Baker's going to be around, but clearly they got something working in Cleveland. So you got to think, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, do you have the third or fourth best coach in the division right now? I mean, I take Mike Tomlin over Zach Taylor. I take John Harbaugh over Zach Taylor. I would even take a Kevin Stefanski over Zach Taylor. And expiring contract right there. 
And Mike Brown meddles as an odor, probably just as much as Jerry Jones. So the candidacy for head coach maybe will be a little bit less uh, just because of that reason. But you still have a very attractive job. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, offensive weaponry. You know, they're playing good football right now. And it's going to be a job that a lot of people would have interest in. You just have to find out exactly who's going to be collaborative with Mike Brown. Who, I mean, you had you had some success there. Um, you had some success there with 16 years with the old head ball coach, but you know, Zach Taylor, I I just don't know if this is the guy, all three phases of the game. I don't think you want to hit your wagon. Exactly. He beat Baltimore. That's the biggest game in three years now, biggest game, but it's when pressure pressure on that offensive line, when you're dropping back five wide and, and game planning, uh, uh, second half adjustments. I still haven't seen that out of them so far. Uh, in the Zach Taylor era, where, whether it's Joe Burrow or whether it's another quarterback under center. You know, I, I just don't know if you really want to sign up for this. And right now it's trending in a way where he's going to feel like he has to, owner Mike Brown, just because of the success. You have a unique opportunity here. I really don't want to see Cincinnati mess this up. Burrow, Chase, great connection. Now it's about upgrading head coach. Zach Taylor, classic placeholder, head coach before the head coach. Really want to see the Bengals definitely upgrade after this season. It is certainly not all rainbows and flowers out in Kansas City. That's the words of Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback. The Chiefs are in territory they have not been since 2018. That was the year I was actually in their office, the year Patrick Mahomes coming out. I used to take phone calls to to customers, and they would talk about how they were upset that Patrick Mahomes uh, was now starting over Alex Smith. I guess they didn't say exactly that Mahomes was playing, but they were upset to see that Alex Smith was on his way out. Funny how times change. Um, overall, Patrick Mahomes is exactly what you want in a quarterback. Superstar, physically gifted, skilled, brings the right things to the table. Even after the postgame uh, yesterday against the loss of the Titans, said all the right things. Um, building something substantial, you're going to go through ruts like this. He's absolutely right. And I think he's got the the mental fortitude to forge ahead. But this is all stuff that you could have seen coming. For sure. He is not good at manufacturing drives. He is a quick strike player. He hunts the quick strike, the big explosive play. And you know what? That's a great thing. Explosive plays in football, absolutely phenomenal. You got Travis Kelsey. You have... Uh, uh, Tyreek Hill, even got speedsters in Mecole Hardman. Uh, Sammy Watkins at one point was a deep threat on your team. Definitely understand why they do that. Brett Veach built the team on a cheap rookie quarterback contract, and he built it with offense. And what he did moving forward and supplementing that team with waiver wire guys who had something to prove uh, that were cheap contracts, Le'Veon Bell, that didn't work out. He's doing it again here um, with Josh Gordon. But also on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Terrell Suggs, bringing in those guys were very prudent moves. Good job by Veach. But now we're seeing that the bill is due on that salary cap. And salary space is very tight right now. And I just don't think the same approach is looking. Every free agent out there um, is noted to be rumored as a chief, as someone that is a potential landing spot for the Chiefs. And I it's really starting to concern me that Brett Veach doesn't seem to want to pay, pay any attention to the defense. I don't think it's a quick fix on defense, but the fact that he's neglecting it and the fact that the Chiefs still have all these issues as a defense and as an offense, I don't think he's making the right moves. 
And there has to be at some point where Patrick Mahomes realizes that while he's hunting the big strike and while those big strikes are needed at some point during a football game, defenses, they're getting exactly what they want. They got his eyes downfield. There are things open right in front of him. And there are plays where he is not living to fight another down and he's fumbling the ball away and he's throwing the ball away. And it's always been this way. Never prior to this year, I still really haven't seen it, where Patrick Mahomes actually manufactured a drive. You could tell that the defense was not letting anything get behind them. They were taking or they were letting the receivers sit in front of them. They were squatting the defensive backs, the safeties, even the linebackers ducking in coverage. And Patrick Mahomes just let it rip. He let it rip in front. I, I, I've never seen that still to this day. And, and I really want to see him change that going forward. I don't think that they're in danger of missing the playoffs. A lot of people think that's a reality that the, the Chiefs have to grasp at this point. I don't. I don't think the Raiders are going to win the division. The Chargers, I don't think they're going to win the division. I think there's just too much talent, too good of a head coach uh, and talented quarterback out there. But they do have to accept the reality that those two teams, the Raiders, the Chargers, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight for sure. And I said it two weeks ago because I didn't think things were going to get that much better. And I had them losing against the Titans just yesterday. And right now, he's going to have to learn how to manufacture. Take what's in front of you. Understand that the defense is wanting you to hunt the big play because they're they're counting on turnovers right now. And right now, it's happening. Never was he just going to have a low interception total. He's way too much of a, a risk taker at quarterback. Patrick Mahomes' vulnerability for sure has always been that he's going to take chances. And I saw uh, Zerline, uh, the kicker for the Rams, his or uh, for the Cowboys' former Ram, his brother now does radio. He said that his flaws as a college player are surfacing here for the first time in the pro game, and it sure is true. He's got to learn how to pick apart defenses, stay patient, and understand that the defense, they want him to take the big shot because that's what they're used to seeing from the past three seasons here. Breaking news here on the podcast. Joe Flacco has been traded from the Eagles to the Jets. I believe, yeah, Flacco was with the Jets last year um, with Sam Darnold backing him up. He actually got some game time. You know, count me as one of those guys. I'm kind of surprised that Joe Flacco is still playing in the NFL. I thought after the 2018 season that this would be a guy that just, you know, took his guaranteed money, which there was none left at that point, and then they had Lamar. Um, you know, that they wanted to start a quarterback. I thought this would be a guy that would just walk away, be the quarterback that we remember that had a good run, actually won a Super Bowl, um, almost Brad Johnson-like, and didn't play uh, until the last day that he could. But sure enough, here he is collecting checks, being a backup QB. And I guess the, the point here is it's really hard to find a lot of jobs that pay two and a half, three, four million uh, annually out there. And he probably just said, you know what? I just show up at the office. I, I look at tape, sit in the room, give some pointers to some rookies. I'm accomplished. I mean, why not? I mean, why not continue playing? I I don't know if the drive is still there, but ultimately um, looks like he's going to get a shot to play in New York because Zach Wilson is going to be out for, for four, uh, four weeks or so with a PCL injury. So here we have Mike Tomlin in the news though. I said we were going to get to him. Carson Palmer, I was listening to the Dan Patrick show, a guy that does a great job, does not back down. If he doesn't get an answer that he likes, if he doesn't feel like his question was answered, Dan Patrick, he will go after you um, in a nice way, but also kind of in an aggressive way. He did it with Russell Wilson. That's how we you know, had the news 
from in the offseason surface. And now we have Carson Palmer, former USC quarterback. He's talking about the USC head coaching job. And he said Mike Tomlin is a bit of a wild card. And he didn't even realize he was breaking news. He said, uh-oh. You didn't know that, Dan? Yeah, no, nobody knew that, Carson. That is breaking news that Mike Tomlin is in consideration for the job. And ultimately, Mike Tomlin would be a grand slam for USC. He would fit in perfect. It's clearly an individual, a head coach, that loves influencing football players. He loves teaching the game. He loves teaching how to go about building something, building a season, accomplishing a season, winning playoff games, winning Super Bowls. He loves doing that. He's been around the Ravens. He was part of their organization. He was part of the Tampa Bay organization. I think at the time, Tony Dungy was there when he was on the staff, and now he's there in Pittsburgh. And he's been there for several years, and he's still youthful. He's only in his 40s, and he's been there for like 12 years. He would be a grand slam for USC. But my whole thing is, why the hell would he want to go there? You're with the Pittsburgh Steelers, name, brand. You've already been to two Super Bowls. You can be a legacy head coach. You could be the all-time winningest coach, uh, winningest coach, if you just stick there for, I don't know, six more years. You could go to one more Super Bowl and match, uh, uh, match Chuck Knoll, or I guess no, you'd have to go two more Super Bowls and then you'd match Chuck Knoll. Ultimately, you you have the opportunity to just do way more at the NFL level than you do in college. Now, he may have the eagerness to do something different. He's got Ben Roethlisberger that's coming off the books here. He's clearly not going to be back next year. But I just don't know what does USC have to lure him in. The power of roster, I guess, would be one. But, I mean, the reality is is that these 15-, 16-year-olds that Mike Tomlin's going to be recruiting, they don't even they don't even know USC from their glory days. Matt Leiner, Pete Carroll, that was like 2005, 2006. Those kids weren't even born yet. It's going to be a tough job getting them out to Los Angeles. And, you know, Mike Tomlin obviously has NFL pedigree, but Nick Saban, LSU, Ole Miss, Florida, all these schools that are, you know, play against the best teams and play against NFL prospects, kids are going to want to go play against the best. And they feel like they'll also have the best shot to make it in the NFL. You look at the the draft board in the first round, it's all Alabama guys, like a third of them. The rest are in the SEC as well. Obviously, I'm you know, you know they're, they're sprinkled in as Pac-12, Big 12. But the reality is, is that when you go to USC, you're, you're not even playing against good teams, and USC has stunk against those bad teams. So I mean, you're literally at at ground zero here. I'm not sure it's really that of of attractive job for Mike Tomlin. And, and he's never coached in college. He probably doesn't want to deal with the bullshit um, that you have to do with almost recruiting parents. Um, I think he loves influencing young men, but it, it's a lot more work and it's almost salesmanship and it's culture building there, which he's good at doing. But at the NFL level, you're dealing with professionals and, and there is a level of, of not having to deal with immaturity that he clearly doesn't tolerate. He, he shipped out Antonio Brown. He let Le'Veon Bell go. He wants guys that love football. And the reality is, is you're going to have guys that love football in college, but you're also going to have guys that really just love what football brings them. And I don't know if that jives exactly with what Mike Tomlin wants. I think it would be great at the job, but it just all depends on USC. What do you have to offer Mike Tomlin? And right now, I just don't know how much that is. So the St. Louis Cardinals were true to the word. They were quick in hiring a new manager, Oliver 
Marmol, Ali Marmol, was introduced today here on Monday, and I did not check out um, the Zoom call. Um, I was not able to view that, but I saw transcripts and the snippets to it, and overall, didn't learn much. Um, it's exactly what I thought was going to happen if they were to hire a new internal candidate, and you you come away thinking that if this is going to be a success, John Mazalock just increased his duties day to day. He is going to have his fingerprints all over the day to day of the Cardinals and how they play baseball games, not just in how the roster looks, not just how they try to win and how they overhaul the roster and even overhaul, just change their roster during the season. He's going to have his hands on that lineup card and just how they want to play the game. And that pitching staff is going to look a lot different. And Oliver Marmel, for, for what you may not know, drafted in 2007, has never been a manager in the major leagues, and he's never been a manager above low A baseball. He was actually the manager of low A and Johnson uh, Johnson City Baseball, which is below single A baseball. It's actually where the college kids used to go to play. It's not even a thing anymore. Uh, I actually had some teammates who were drafted, and they would go to Johnson City. Teammate, uh, freshman year of college, he got drafted, went there and played. It's literally just college baseball from you know the best of the best, which, again, no slouch, but he was coaching college kids. Now he's going to be coaching the big club uh, with Major League Baseball, and I can't help but come away. It's not his fault, but this is just a glaring, glaring, obvious idea that, you know, John Mazalock's going to try and do what the Rays do. He's going to try and do what the Dodgers do. He's going to try and do what the Giants do. And he's a smart guy. He's had a lot of savvy moves. He's had a lot of moves that we didn't think would work out. But is when, it, when it's all said and done and game time comes on and the, and the cards, the information is in Marmel's hands, you know, is he really someone you can trust? I, I don't know much about the guy. I really don't. But I am kind of, you know, it's shocking to see this approach with Mazalak. You would think that he would want to pluck somebody else from a different organization based off their success because that's the model he's going with. The Cardinals have no history in this area. And you're going with Marmol, um, and you just you look at his you know resume here, and there's not really... There's really nothing that you think like, oh, okay, this makes sense. You're going, you're doing this. You would think that you would want to bring in someone else with, you know, with a similar background or at least uh, similar to what what you're saying wants to happen, a collaborative approach with managing and also with the front office. But they don't. They they went with in-house candidates, and um, I, I think it's going to be very telling when uh, when Marmol has to tell Yadier Molina to to take a day when. Uh, potentially Adam Wainwright is not his most effective self like he was in the 2021 season. It's going to be interesting to, to see how he handles those decisions. I, I think it, it's got a little Luis Rojas vibe to it. Um, not that the Mets are a forward-thinking organization, but Luis Rojas was destined to fail from the beginning because he was never going to be able to take the the pressure in answering to the media in New York and St. Louis, not as robust. They're going to you know throw him softball questions, Ali Marmol and in, uh, in St. Louis. So I, I don't expect it to be too bad for him. But you know there comes a point in time during the season if it's not going well, you're going to have to talk about your veteran players and you're going to have to talk about guys who aren't doing that well and what changes are you going to bring. And either it's going to be Mazalak answering those questions or it's going to be Ollie. And 
to say that I'm surprised by the hire, not entirely. I'm just surprised that based off the approach that they wanted to go with, they didn't even consider outside candidates. You don't even know who's going to be available potentially. There could be some organizations that fire their manager that you didn't even know were going to be available. Um, definitely surprised in the sense that uh, they didn't uh, interview anybody else. Um, the fact that they went internal based off how it aligns with their vision. You know, somewhat surprising, but not totally shocking. I don't know how much better the Cardinals just got right now. Mike Schilt, Ali Marmol, you know, interchangeable here. And the Cardinals, we'll see how they do in 2022. So one thing I really haven't touched on so far is Deshaun Watson and what's going on with him and trade rumors and the fact that, you know, he's being sued by everybody and their mother. And, but, you know, it's come to the point you can't really ignore it anymore because the Miami Dolphins clearly are tapping in to Houston to see what it's going to take to potentially pluck him away. Owner Stephen Ross obviously doesn't see uh, Tua Tagovailoa as the answer. It's just time for Chris Greer and, and even Brian Flores to come out and not admit it themselves, but just just make the move to the bench. Clearly, like, this isn't the, the route that you want to go. Clearly, you botched the pick. You get more respect from the media, from the locker room, from the fans even, when you just cut bait and move on. Look at look at the uh, Cardinals, Kyler Murray and, and, and Rosen, Josh Rosen. They just cut bait and they moved on. Jared Goff and the Rams. They paid him the big contract. They gave up two one picks, got Matthew Stafford. No one cares about the dead money. Now, I'm not saying you got to make a strong move to make them forget it, but just just move on. The first is acceptance. And Tua Tagovailoa, you messed up. He's not better than Justin Herbert. He's not. And I didn't even think Justin Herbert would be that good. But you, you got to move on at this point. You don't have to go get Watson, but, but give that up. But the fact that Miami's interested, Sam Darnold was benched, and Philadelphia still has uh, no solution at quarterback, you got to talk about the potential of, you know, trading for a depreciated asset. Now, I, I I think I got the whole guy red flagged, first and foremost. One, he's got a no trade clause. He signed that contract and then said he didn't want to uh, and then said he didn't want to be traded. So that's weird. Two, even if he is innocent, which is highly unlikely with 22 of these cases, you have women putting their name to this. Okay, so, I mean, that's pretty bold in and of itself. But, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, so, I mean, I don't know what happened. Nobody knows what happened. But I got the guy red flagged in general because he's admitted to having sex with these women and he's had over 22 massage therapists. Like, bro, that that's weird in and of itself. Who has that many massage therapists? And every single time you go into it, you're, you're trying to, to mack on a girl. Like, NFL, I'm sorry, no. Like, I, even if you are innocent, that's just weird. And, and I don't want you, you know, running my team. I don't want you as the face of my franchise. Now, he's supremely talented. There's not many Deshaun Watsons out there. But the fact that the legal situation is unresolved, he's admitted to having consent or admitted to having sex with the women. They're saying it's non uh, unconsensual sex. I don't know if I feel comfortable giving any sort of high draft pick away at this point in time. It's clear that it's still fuzzy out there what the legal situation looks like. If you're telling me you give up a, a two pick, maybe I'm a little bit more open to it. But even there, you know, th this guy is is just weird. And and overall, I think, you know, if I was, if I was uh, Miami, if I was Carolina, and I'm the owner of that team, if I'm the general manager of that team, I can't go to bed safe knowing that this guy's going to be all right. There, there, there's one position as an owner and as a general manager, you have to be sound asleep, not worrying about anything as far as one individual. And that's your quarterback. 
You know, you're, you're going to have situations with uh, cornerbacks. You're going to have situations with uh, wide receivers, running backs. Quarterback, I can't have that. I can't have that. And Deshaun, he, he doesn't bring that. And I always thought he was a little bit of a baby even before these allegations. The fact that he wanted out of Houston. The fact that he thought he had earned the right to, you know, make draft picks and, you know, make transactional moves. I thought that was bullshit. No, you play quarterback. We pay you to play quarterback and that's it. And now you throw this into the, you know, the, the, uh, the equation, you know, I, I talk about it because it's obviously out there. I don't think the Miami dolphins will do it. I don't think they should do it. And I don't think Carolina should either along with Philly. There's just too much risk and, and face of the franchise. He's not that material for me. Appreciate everybody listening. That's going to do it. Episode 59 of the podcast. We will see you next week. I need you to tell your friends, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. It's the podcast at Pete4C on social media. If you want to have your voice here on the podcast, if you want to have your text read aloud, the hotline, call line, or text line is going to be 816-226-7483. Again, that phone number, 816-226-7483. Go ahead and put it in your phone. Save it the podcast hotline where you can uh, clap back here at me and have your voice heard. Uh, We're going to be talking uh, maybe some World Series next time. I know the Astros and Braves, they start tomorrow. I got Astros in six. I think they don't need the trash cans. I think there's too many names in this lineup. Starters are more capable of going deep. Dusty Baker, he gets it done. I got Astros in six due to experience. Experience always or isn't always relevant. This time it will be. I think the Astros get it done. Uh, We'll have more on that series. We'll have more in the NFL next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.